Hello! Hi! And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower Level. Lower. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. And if you know about the namaste, get out of my way. <laughs> Somebody's excited that Jersey's back. New Jersey, you have to make the decision. Oh, I'm now. so sorry. Yeah, well, let's be honest. Who is actually watching The Real Housewives of Jersey aside from me? Are you actually watching it? Yeah, I always watch it because it comes out here on like a Sunday. And so, you know, like how we get tend to get everything a day after because of time zones. Yes. Um, it ends up always being the day after. But Jersey comes out on like a Sunday afternoon evening and it's like the perfect palate cleanser like for the Sunday scaries. It's like... Just a nice little, let me have some wine and watch these weirdos at work, you know, sort of show. Wow. You, so the, then the answer to your question is one. That's how many people. Yeah, just me. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's kick things off. Let's go straight into word on the street. What do you got for us? Oh, my God, Moshi. Well, I feel like the drama of this week has all been the Beverly Hills um, housewives and their cast trip and all this news that's been coming out about Erica Girardi um, and her infamous diamond earrings. I mean, there was like the first part of this story was that um, the court case that Tom Girardi and Erica were named in uh, Erica was removed off that um, filing, but okay. that was the federal filing, but she's still going to be brought and refiled in California. I don't know, it's all very technical. It's all a lot of lawyer talk, but basically the people thought she had won, but really it's just going to be fought out in another court. And is it my understanding, I have to say, like, that's my legal speak, and is it my understanding um, that they're, they're filing, so they moved from Chicago to California is where they're going to file. So she was taken off the, I think, the Chicago filing. But now they're going in harder. Well, that is that is also my understanding, Moshi. Oh, oh that, okay. um Apparently, yeah, that they're going to go even harder. They've, like, subpoenaed the Bravo tapes and that there's some sort of insinuation that Erica knew more than what she was saying and that she was complicit in in her understanding of what Tom was up to. So I guess the thing is that they're feeling super confident, which is why they're filing in California, and they think that they can explicitly call out that Erica knew something. Or that I think it's like that she at least received money through the crimes, right? Well, yeah, I think that's the whole point, right? It's that she knew she was benefiting from proceeds of crime. Yeah. So there's been this whole thing about her and her diamonds. So the idea is that she needs to sell these specific diamonds I don't know is is it are they talking specifically about diamonds like in the papers because that's like always her tagline is about her and her diamonds do you think they're literal diamonds or do you think it's figurative diamonds no I think it's like a seven hundred thousand dollar pair of diamond earrings okay and 
they they want the diamond earrings because they need to pay people who lost loved ones in the aeroplane crash and she's refusing to give them up but the courts are going to come after her because they're like someone's got to pay these people yeah and those earrings are worth a lot of money did you see Garcelle on what's her show? The Read, I think it is, or one of those shows. The, the Real. Talk. She's on the Talk. Or is she the, on the Real? The Real, the Real Talk. The Real. No, she's on the Real. There's like so, the View, the Talk, the Real. She's on the Real. You're absolutely right. She's on the Real, and she was basically like saying that that Erica is constantly dripping in diamonds, so she can give one or two up. I was like, Garcelle, Jesus Christ, those are the Bravo tapes. It's just Garcelle. Well, Garcelle is done with Erica. Like, she has unfollowed her on Instagram. I I think she has been extremely explicit on her (laughs) talk show as well about the situation between her and Erica. Like, I feel like up to this point, up until this Aspen trip that the girls took, which was, I think, the final trip of the season, um, we haven't really seen or heard much since, like, Dorit's house was broken into. Um, but- <laughs> Sorry, I really want the story to be like, Dorit's house was broken into when Tom's car rolled over. <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sutton has also unfollowed Erica. But I think that they refollowed. I don't know. It's it's just messy. Why? My question is, why do they have to unfollow? Just put these people on mute. So Garcelle, I actually read why, because somebody asked Garcelle why she unfollowed, and she said it's because Erica said something to her at Aspen that, like, just she was, that's what made her be done with her and because she's so done with Erica she doesn't want to know anything about Erica's life so that's why she unfollowed her she's basically cancelled her I mean look I support it but also just like mute and restrict I don't know just like because then this is what people do and it's not just the housewives I don't know people like do the searches and they do the whole like they marry up the Instagram following list on the on the post to tell us who's following who and who unfollowed who. And You know what, though? I feel like unfollowing is, like, a real fuck you, and that's Garcelle. She doesn't fuck around. What? You know what, though? You can force unfollow someone. Like, I could, I could go on your Instagram, Moshi, and mm. be like, force you to unfollow me. Can you? Yes. Why haven't I done that to you? Well, then that would be the thing. Then it would look like we're feuding, but I wouldn't even know that I had unfollowed. How do you, you know that you request. can force unfollow people? Is that a pod? Is that a, is that like for a podcast for a different day? <laughs> I have my reasons, but like, you know, I you know what you I mean. Could, I didn't know you could force unfollow. I thought just like if you block someone, then they automatically unfollow you. No, you can force unfollow. Okay, that's cute. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, but the last bit on this Aspen tea was that Kathy Hilton posted on Rick Hilton's <laughs> Instagram asking him to get her out of there. <laughs> but then this like report came out that um, Kathy Hilton was being very unkind to the hotel staff and was making a scene. Um, and that's why she posted to Rick to get her out of there because she was done. I believe it. Somebody well, has gotten too big for their britches. But 
uh, Kathy Hilton was on a uh, Instagram live with Paris and addressed it and said that they were staying at Kyle's house. So who was the hotel staff that she was screaming at <laughs> if they were at Kyle's house? Maybe she thought she was at a hotel and that's why she was being rude because she thought Kyle was the staff and, and she wasn't getting what she wanted. But <laughs> apparently the reason why she had to post on Rick's Instagram though was because she had lost her phone and her 10% charge and she couldn't find the charger. So her last attempt was to like post on Rick's Instagram and be like, get me out of here because then he would have thought it's an emergency. I'm really sorry, but like Gabby Hilton posting in your comments like random stuff, like no context, Kathy, in the Instagram comments. It's just, it happens so often that like, have you seen just like, this is another Kathy Hilton one that she did this week. Have you seen the one where it's actually a picture of Janet Jackson and her brother Randy on his Instagram? And he has Janet like tagged, like it says Janet Jackson, because, you know, she did grow up with them and she knows them. And she wrote in the comments, hey, Randy, looking good. Your girlfriend looks a lot like Janet, (laughs) which is Janet's nickname. I couldn't even say it with a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's like comments by Bravo, which is also comments by celebs, or maybe comments by celebs as well. And they made sure that you could see that it was tagged Janet Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Hilton, like. Just speaking of people who like, she literally is on a completely different planet than the rest of us. But she gives me a really good, a good laugh always. Oh my god, I did not say that, but I'm really glad that you shared that with us. <laughs> I'll send it to you later because it is just—it's <laughs> classic. This is why I don't believe, though that she didn't have any battery because number one, if she's anything like Paris, she has like 1200 phones. Number two, she's always in people's Instagram comments, just like asking the most random shit. So, you know, she just doesn't know any better, but anyway, um, well, I want to move to some Miami news for you. I mean, last some what been... news? My, <laughs> I'm not saying it. You have to say it. Some Miami <laughs> news. Thank you, Washi. Oh my god. Um, Lassa Pippen was on Watch What Happens Live uh, this week, and Ugh. she said that she made two hundred thousand dollars off a Middle Eastern man on OnlyFans over a space of two weeks. Washi, that would have been. It's so weird. I've watched a lot of Watch What Happens Live this week and I didn't catch that episode and it must have been one of the most boring episodes ever. Is that <laughs> because sorry. Gina from OC was on it? La- Lassa plus Gina, definitely a dull episode. <laughs> I mean, I believe that a Middle Eastern man did pay $200,000 over two weeks, so 100000 a week. Good for her. If there are any rich men out there. Please, this is, we don't do ads on this show, Patrizio. You are not doing your own personal (laughs) ads on this show without at least telling the listeners that we're cutting to an ad break. Nobody wants to hear this. I look like Larsa Pippen if you squint. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) 
that is not true, but okay. <laughs> and it's not like for you not like, I actually think you probably look better than Master Pippin, just putting that out there. Wow, but thank you. Unfortunately, you just have like so much facial hair that it's just, you could never. <laughs> I just want to say by implication, Moshi, you just said I look better than Kim Kardashian. <laughs> is that what I said? Um, okay, next. Um, but I just the Miami reunion looks like a lot. Mm. We got the the viewing. Um, it was like, of course, as always, happened right after we released last week's podcast. Um, Moshi, the women looked fire. They were so sexy. I thought this was like a good Hang set on. of reunion. Is is that what your thought was? I feel like your initial thought was was a no. No, I thought they all looked... I, I had issues with some of the women, mainly the friends of. Interesting. Okay, so who was your who was your top look? <sighs> I <am gonna laughs> the way you just went, say, <laughs> I think it has to go to Gertie. Okay, good. Because I'm going to be really honest with you. I often worry about your choices of the best fashions on the reunion looks. But I will give you good. I thought the dress was just, like, stunning. Mm-hmm. It was nothing that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, like, bust up. I don't know what was going on there. But no, like- I liked it. I liked that she went for very, like, it's very... Naomi Campbell inspired the long sleek hair with this like it's all about face 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 you know um and she in the pictures that she's she took she knows her angles she knows how to play her nose because Gertie's got a bit of a schnoz and she did good she did good who was your favorite look in that case Alexia I don't know how I feel about her strong lip color choices no, that's just her. That's like playing up to the Cuban Barbie. Like that's that's just the persona. Look, I'll be really honest with you. I mean, she, you know, from the neck up, like her hair, her face, it's uninspiring because that that's actually just how she looks every single day. Like there's no difference, but the dress that she wore, and it's it, to me it was kind of a tie between her and Gertie, but like... Remember how I didn't like the Salt Lake City dresses? And a lot of the reason why I didn't like the Salt Lake City dresses is that everything was just ill-fitting, right? Miami, we are talking couture here, okay? The, that dress, like these women are sewn into those dresses. I think um, that's what I just looked at Adriana's dress. I was like, she is sewn into that. There's nowhere there's just like a zip putting it together like I'm sure there is because you know couturists and and um, dressmakers and you know designers are just fabulous but you know I just think Alexia knows how to play to her strengths it was fabulous I think Gertie as well um super fabulous I think I'm really disappointed that there was no Kiki um like she's a friend of surely like where was she but um I will say though, okay, so question for you, which, so you said your worst dresses were the friends of, like both of them or like which dresses were you not feeling? I think 
my greatest disappointment was Adriana because she is so hot. Though, like, she's got these huge breasts, and I just felt like it was very dressing down. It just was like not very. I, I want my tits out. I want the tight at the top, and it just didn't give me that. So here's the thing about Adriana. She's a little bit like Giselle. Beautiful face, amazing personality, fabulous body. Obviously, you love the boobs, but she's not a fashion queen. Adriana, if you just watch her on the show, she does not know how to dress and she never has. And I think like Larsa kind of, you know, pointed to it when they were talking, when she was like throwing shade as to why Adriana couldn't really be on OnlyFans just selling her feet. Like it's not the same. But yeah, Adriana is like very like, She's artistic. She lives in a different world. She's not a fashion queen. Um, so I wasn't surprised by her look. I was like, it's very Adriana. Um, but it's very cocktail. It's not, it's not gown. And that's why she's the friend of. Correct. Um, for me, so my worst dressed is Lhasa. I, it sounds like I have a vendetta against Lhasa and it's only because I expected more. I just think of all the women, Lhasa is kind of, I think the most, well, obviously Dr. Nicole is very successful, but I think Lhasa has been around, you know, how can you be around the Kardashians and be around all those people and be a basketball wife for as long as you have been and, that outfit was just budget. I think the thing that made it really bad was like the bodysuit underneath was like, I think it needed to be more sheer. Um, it just, it, it felt like pageanty, but like not elevated. It just wasn't giving me the right eleganza. Um, I was a little bit, I really liked Dr. Nicole's dress, but she was at the wrong show. I just think it was quite clear that the theme was like glitz, shiny. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody else got the shiny memo, even Larsa did. And Nicole shows up in like that neon situation. And I'm like, that was the reunion look on Beverly Hills like two seasons ago, honey. Like this is, you're in the the wrong show. Great dress, wrong show. I just want to close this out by saying my biggest surprise was julia i just think as well because like who knew what she was going to wear like she's the farm girl right and that gown looked amazing and i was just like wow this was not expecting it look don't the dress was gorgeous but it felt a bit dated to me i don't know the specifics but i wouldn't be surprised if it's like one of her old pageant competitive gowns like hey moshi if she can still fit into it 100 percent. but i feel like i also feel like that would match her ethos because i think she is like she's obviously the farm girl she's very similar to adriana she's not all glitz and glamour as well i mean there were some things on like this episode of julia's fashions and i was like oh, she really isn't as, like, put together as the other women. Like, she's not as pretentious, I guess, in terms of how she dresses and stuff. And um, I feel like it would be keeping in her theme because I think she's also, like, quite sustainable and things like that. So I think, like, it would be bef- 
befitting of her to wear like a dress that she wore in the 90s I could see that and I'd love it don't get me wrong I would stand the fuck out of that I love that all right well actually that's the word of the shape this week so let's get into this week's franchise rundown um we franchise rundown I love can we that's what we're calling it from now on the franchise rundown I panicked and just came up with that. Wow, amazing. Um, we're going to be talking Salt Lake City, um, Miami, but we're switching it up from this week onwards and we are booting, we're booting the flop, Orange County. <laughs> I'm really sorry for anybody out there who loves Orange County. I had really high hopes for this season I think we all did but I'm really sorry like it is flop city at the moment maybe if they give us something good we'll come back to it but we are gonna replace it with Real Housewives of New Jersey that just started this week they're back and it is already 10 times better than OC anyway 100% um, but we'll start out with Salt Lake City. It's season two. It's episode 19. We are almost there, Moshi. And I feel like we've been saying that for the last five episodes. I can't believe they went from 10 episodes and and reunion last year to double the amount of episodes. It's insanity. <sighs> yeah, it really is. But we are in the home stretch here. We're still on this trip to Zion. <sighs> It's a long ass trip. <laughs> I just think it's crazy that they like drive there, like in that sprinter van for like six hours. It's a lot. Yeah, but you know, look at what we get out of it. <laughs> the footage is great. <laughs> but I think um, for me, like Salt Lake City last week, you really brought out, started talking about, I think, the factions. You mm-hmm. called them last week, the alliances. And I think it was that's kind of how this episode kicked off, right? It did. It We got these, like, weird hanging out situations. Yeah, it was. They were interesting. So we had, like, Heather and Lisa went horseback riding. We had Mary, Jenny... And Meredith at the spa. Yeah. And then Mary we... was fully clothed. <laughs> and, oh, well, now you brought it up. But, like, I don't understand why Jenny was, like, surprised by that. She is, Thank like, you. a preacher. Like, of course she's not getting naked on camera. And, like, of course she's keeping her sunglasses on. This is the lights are too bright. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure Meredith kept her sunglasses on as well. Did she not? No, maybe not. I'm sure she did. Um... And then the final pairing was Whitney and Jen who go uh, ATV, June racing, driving, whatever that is. Whatever that is, yeah. What do you think? I'm curious. Like, so you said the pairings were weird. Like, what was the thing that was weird about them for you? The fact that Jenny is with Meredith Mary... It just felt, you know what it felt like? It felt very, like, let's, let you know, I feel like this is, like, a common, like, theme on other reality shows. Like, let's just put the people who hate each other with each other. Yeah. So my feeling is that those pairings were heavily produced. Yes. But 
they were done well. Like this to me was like perfect production. Well, I mean, it was setting a lot of shit up as well. Which is what production is at this year. Are you telling me that it was producing something for an outcome? <laughs> like they, because I think I often complain with this show that I don't know what the producers are ever doing. And for the first time this week, I was like, I think they're finally getting it. <laughs> So I just, I personally want to just talk about the whole spa situation, like Jenny, Mary and Meredith. Mm. I mean, look, the fact that Mary is just not having any of Jenny's bullshit anymore, I am totally here for it. And I don't know what Jenny expects either at this point. Yeah, but I think, I mean, the idea... (laughs) The thing is that I think you have said this before is that like Mary is not playing this game. Like she she does not understand how reality TV shows work. And I think, you know, the producers are doing what they have to do and they're like, Jenny, we need you to hang out with Mary more. We need to find out, you know, why why she why she doesn't like you. We need to like we need more of these situations. But the problem is that Mary just like gets up and just leaves like she really is in real life like you can do that you can choose not to engage with people um but on a reality show you you can't do that you have to engage do you though well you kind of do um for for all to work like you don't have to be friends but i mean i know we're going to talk about it um, a little bit later, but that the dinner that ends up happening at the Cinco de Mayo dinner, there's a moment there where Jen says to Mary, she's being real, and and Mary says very simply, we're not real friends. And this is the thing, we know that, but Mary, like, completely broke the fourth wall <laughs> in that moment. And it's like, well, duh, and people are, like, trying to come back from that. But, yeah, I look, to me, what I saw in that moment at the spa was the first inclination that we get that Mary has checked out of, like, of the program. Like, she's checking out of the show. Because I think, I don't know about you, but it's, like, very, when, when there's so much that has already happened in the future that's happened, like, off the show that we know about, it's very hard to not be have my vision tinted by that so for me I sort of am looking at it and I'm like ah I kind of understand why Mary didn't come to the reunion now like I don't think it has anything to do with like the racist things that she said about Jenny the racist things that she said about Jen and like her general behavior I think she just got I like watching it I'm like she's gotten to a point where she's actually done with the show and these women. And I think she's just staying on because contractually she has to. And I think she was also staying on for Meredith. Yeah. I think she's done with the tomfoolery, right? Like she's just, I, I, that's what I see. Cause I think she's just like, you know, Jenny trying to like pretend to be friends with her. And like, I don't know, like, call me, call me, I don't know, naive or ignorant, but like, why can't we have two people in the same cast just be like, look, I don't like you, you don't like me, 
we both have a contractual obligation to be sharing a screen together. It is just what it is, right? Like, why can't they? Why can't we have that? Because I kind of enjoy Mary just being like, you know what, Jenny, you, I'm not gonna like answer your question about my marriage because it's none of your fucking business. Yeah, well, I think we do have that, and I think we've seen that in other franchises. Like, people get it. Um, Karen and Giselle, like there's a lot of people, but I think the difference is in those situations. Like, I think even, you know, we're talking about Garcelle and Erica and all that stuff. I think we get it, but I think the difference is those people, again, understand television a little bit more. I think Mary's personality in this instance is the thing that is just like fully letting her down. And the other side of it, like to answer your question, the reason why in in Salt Lake City anyway that we can't just have them hate each other is Whitney. Like (laughs) we'll talk about the other pairings, but there are too many other people who are playing miniature producers that want that want the the bullshit out, that want the heightened drama. Like Jenny wants it. She needs to have a feud to have a storyline on the show, right? You know, Whitney has a bone to pick with Mary, which I think I figured it out today what it is. I think I know we've all often spoken about how Whitney doesn't like not being liked, like there's some sort of weird insecurity there. But I think what I saw in this episode from Whitney and how she feels about Mary is that because Mary is part of, like because Whitney has a vendetta against like the church in general, like the Mormon church, I think Whitney has a vendetta particularly against Mary because she doesn't see Mary as like a woman and a mother and a wife. She only sees Mary as this first lady. And so she kind of has put her in this position where that's going to be where she attacks. And I feel like, I just feel like Whitney projects a lot of her own issues on Mary. And I feel like similarly to Jenny, I think Mary called it out today in this episode at the dinner with Whitney and just said, just say it. I'm the first lady. You expect me to be this. You expect me to be that. And she sort of said, in her confessional, she said, you're coming for me. I'm just going to stand up for myself. I'm a human being. Like, it's got nothing to do with that. But, yeah, I, Mary is just not, she's not in, not into it, Patty. It's so sad. I mean, she, she just doesn't fit in as well. She I think. doesn't. And she, yeah, does she need the pay, the paycheck? She's obviously decided, like, no, it's like she not doesn't. worth the paycheck. No. Um, the other two groups that got together, I, I find Heather and Lisa's BFF, new BFFs together is like quite an interesting couple to me because I feel like it's not so much that they like each other. I feel like it's, they're, they're sort of, they've got like, they've got common, two common sort of frenemies at the moment in Jen and Meredith who are kind of almost one person and so they've kind of bonded more because they're going through these hectic times with people they've been friends with for so long and they both feel like you know Heather feels that feels some way about her relationship with Jen and and Lisa obviously feels some way around her relationship with Meredith and I feel like it's more like they've come together kind of because, yeah, they just have, like, a common enemy situation, even though it's not the same enemy. I found both of these pairings just to be opportunities to discuss Meredith, like... Yeah, 100%. 
Meredith wasn't there for either of these pairings and they were going to get into it. And I'm actually really sick of this whole Meredith thing. Like, <laughs> Okay, Meredith. <laughs> I Well, I'm team Meredith. I'm team Jen Shah at this point as well. But, like, I just yeah. don't... Why are we trying to do this? Why? So I, I don't see them as being the same. I, I saw Heather and Lisa's connection... That, to me, seemed to be really intrinsically linked to the way they experienced, like, Jen's arrest and all the stuff that happened on the bus. Like, I feel like they had this huge bonding experiences being on that Sprinter van when you were talking about the Sprinter van before. I feel like they just went through these this, like, trauma. It's united them. Whereas the Jen and Whitney together, that, to me, is felt much more calculated. And the reason why it felt more calculated to me is because, number one, Jen is, like, the world's... She's the number one manipulator on this show next to Lisa Barlow. Whitney is continuously the worst bone collector but loves collecting bones. Like, Whitney loves to put herself in the middle of the mess. She loves to be the one who, like, keeps people honest, so to speak. And Jen just throws things at her. Jen puts everything in Whitney's ear knowing that Whitney will take it to the group. Like, yeah, it was, it, for me, that was more like Jen was like, I'm just going to play this dumb bitch. Like, I literally don't think Jen likes Whitney at all and is ready to, like, throw her under the bus any chance she gets. My favourite part was when Jen was like, wow, if Meredith could lie, lie about this. And I was like, you are allegedly doing a lot of fraudulent who's the liar who's the fraud but Whitney's face Whitney's face when Jen said that to her Whitney was eating it up and this is my thing this is why nothing goes to rest because Whitney brings back the trash bones to the group and feeds the fire like continuously um yeah for me I was just like at this point like I hope Whitney watches it back and can actually see she's been completely allowing herself to be manipulated by Jen. Like the fact that we are not talking about that Jen has could have really done something horrible to people here. Like, yes, she's your friend on this show, but you are allowed to have the opinion like Sutton did about Erica that something bad has happened here. And it's only for that reason that I like Meredith. My problem is the way Meredith brings up these things is just not kosher. Um, I think that Whitney as well, you know, the other thing for me is I think she enjoys playing this whole, like, mm-hmm. fancy Drew and yep. I think everyone really, like, praised her for, like, knowing all that stuff about, like, Jen Shah's alleged, like, crimes Offenses. and what they had, like, got her for... And, like, I think she's, like, trying to continue doing this whole, like, you know, what was it, Megan King Edmund? Yeah. Like, but it's just not landing. Not landing at all. But, you know, what I during that conversation as well with Jen, when she tries, it's the way as well she tries to fish for information. Like, she goes to Jen, she's like, like, I just don't get why she's coming at you this hard. Like, you know, when you were telling me all those stories about her and Seth's separation, like, is there more to that? Like, <laughs> the way she's trying to find out 
if they did sleep with the same person because she heard that rumor. She already has asked Meredith and Meredith said, I don't fucking know. Like, why don't you just come out and ask Jen, Are you? did you cheat on Sharif? And when you cheated on Sharif or you were separated from Sharif, did you sleep with the same person as, as Meredith? Like, that's what you should be doing. Go for the jugular. I think she has half a brain, though, to realise that if she's going to straight up ask Jen Sharp, like, <laughs> did you cheat on Coach Sharp, that Jen will actually kill her in the middle of nowhere and she will never be found ever again. But for me, I mean, I mean whoops, that, no, I do not wish that on anyone. But, yeah, Fancy Drew is really what she is, Patrizia. You are absolutely right. She is the worst detective <laughs> I just oh. want to say um, word on the street at the moment is that apparently yet another defendant in the case that involves Jen Shah has oh. has pled guilty um, another deal Ooh. yes it's another deal um, and which does not bode well for Miss Shah that's all it does not bode well for Misha. I love when you get all legalese <laughs> bode well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The bar is very low over here. <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> is in trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. And she's playing us all for fools. Um, I mean, but- uh, are you being... We're being played. <laughs> <laughs> we are. The, we watch the show we're being played. Okay, so everybody has their little events. We've got all their little groups. They all eventually go back and they're getting ready for the Cinco de Mayo Caliente party. Okay, now this party, where to begin? Do we begin with the outfits or do we begin with wondering how is Jen paying for this party? <laughs> Was that a legitimate question? Let's let's just talk quickly <laughs> on the outfits. I actually loved um, the flower crown situation. The Frida Kahlo, the Frida Kahlo flowers were gorgeous. I'm so into it. I loved it. Um, I also thought though that everyone seemed to be going to different parties um, with how they dressed. Um, I think everybody but Lisa Barlow was at the same party. Perhaps. Um, maybe Mary Cosby as well was at No. Mary's Cosby just wasn't Mary's Cosby, as in her costume. Mary Cosby's outfit wasn't red, but she got the theme because she had, like, it was still very, like, I guess... Caliente, definitely none of the outfits were Cinco de Mayo. But I felt like, you know, Mary had the frills. She was there, she was wearing gold. I mean, red and gold, it's try, It's like the Lunar New Year. Good luck. Moshi, I think you're being very kind to these women, uh, but I definitely agree with you that Lisa Barlow really did the least. She dressed, you know what it is though, I just realised, like she just really sticks to her style, like, she has she's she she doesn't branch out. But to be fair, I think Jen's outfit is an outfit Jen would have just worn. Like these tiny she's just such a tiny woman in these tiny, you know, spandex jumpsuits. Um 
but no, I think they, they all put in some effort. I, I really enjoyed the outfits. I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed the mariachi. I enjoyed the maracas. So who actually paid for this event, though? What, what I love is that they, they made sure that they captured everybody talking about, like, how put together this event was. Like, Jenny going on and on about, like, Jen's thought of everything. I love this. Like, particularly after, you know, Meredith has, has raised questions with Whitney that, you know, Jen has said she has no assets. So who is funding this event? We'll go down to the husbands. Let's just say it's the husbands and leave it there. But, like, I think it's dumb anyway because, like, uh, are we still under the impression that these women are paying for, like, half the events that they go to? Well, again, no. But, like, when I was watching that, like, Meredith asking that question, I was like, like, most of us know that the women don't all pay for the events. Um, But it was also just, like, Meredith's way of subtly throwing shade at Jen I mean and it was funny it was kind of funny well it was funny until then they all get gifted a snowflake necklace and Meredith accepts it and thanks her and it just seems like a bit of a contradiction after the earlier conversation with Whitney I thought about that but then I think what it is is that I think she wasn't going to embarrass Jen in front of everyone like, I think she, I think Meredith was really trying to avoid drama at, as a group because it was their last dinner. And I think she was honestly just being polite. I, I, I think if we hadn't had the, the other drama that ended up happening, I think we would, maybe we'll still see a scene next week, but I think we would have seen a scene where Meredith gives Jen back the necklace. I just think she wasn't going to do it at the table. No, because you know what Meredith did with the necklace? She gave it to her lawyer so that when Jen Shah, sorry, if Jen Shah is having to go to jail, um, it can be sold and used as restitution. That's exactly what I mean. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's no, I didn't, this is the first time I'm hearing that. Is that legit? Apparently, she said it on Watch What Happens Live, I think. Oh, where her face was like, anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Um, this is what I mean. She She's like doing all these subtle, this is like real mind games. Like this is how you really fuck with somebody is like make them feel like they're going to jail. This is a bit gaslighty as well, but okay. I just think that like, you know what it is for me? I think I realised Meredith is from New York, right? And she is in a different league to these women. And, like, I think that she just, like, is ready to destroy them all using her New York, like, as a swagger. Yeah, it is. It is a bit of, it's, it's like, it's a power play. She's doing power moves and mind games. And I think, like, on some level I respect it, but on another level it's just weird. Um like a lot of the stuff that she's done where she's said weird things like I can't be Jen's friend right now, but she does need a friend. Like those sorts of things that she says and does, I just like, I'm just like, fuck off. Like I can't deal with that. But I do kind of like these like 
saying to Whitney, like, how is she paying? It's like putting all of these things because what it's going to do is every time Jen does something, it gives them money. Whitney, you know, the worst bone collector of them all is going to always be like, but she has no assets. How is she paying for this? Like Whitney, she knew Whitney was the person to go to once again. Like. Well, did you see Whitney's face when they do get gifted? And like Meredith is like, oh, it's lovely. And Whitney's like, the fuck? Like five minutes ago you were telling me. Because once again, (sighs) Fancy Drew is, is not in the league at all. God bless her. She tries her hardest. Well, yeah. Um, but this dinner, okay. Ooh, child, <laughs> as they would say. It it starts off with, you know, Jenny wanting a storyline and uh trying to figure out why Mary doesn't like her. Mary, but but this all happened, it's just it's like there's all that talk about Mary. Well, Mary goes to go sorry I just have to remember when we Mary says that she's lit cold and she's leaving and getting up and Whitney asks her to get blankets and Mary just says no that was <laughs> that was <laughs> it was gold because once again she just thinks that Whitney is so petulant that like Whitney is below her and needs is beneath her and needs to get her own blanket and regardless of whether that's true or not that was fucking funny. <laughs> I agree. A comedy queen. Um, but she leaves the table. We later found out she was just going to go get her jacket. But the women all proceed to just talk about her. You know, Mary comes back having no idea that they've been talking about her. She's ready to tuck into her salad that is in that burrito bowl thing that people really like. And the moment <laughs> that, like, Jenny launches in on her while she's like chewing her salad. Mary's face. Because they did catch her off guard. She's literally minding her own business. Like that is literally what she's doing and they provoke her. But Mary's done while she... No, but this is where she checks out number two. But it's just, it's, it's that, but it goes, the way it goes from that to turning into like this whole other thing and I, at this point, like, I don't even understand why people are mad at people. But once again, Lisa Barlow gets the brunt of it, so to speak, or believes that she does. I agree with you. I think that I was really confused as to how it escalated to the point that it did. I don't even know who's angry at who. I don't get what, it. Why they're angry. Why Lisa Barlow is so upset. Why, like... Like, it was just it's too much all I understood from this dinner was that Mary wants nothing to do with Jenny and I don't blame her and that everyone is still asking the questions as to whether Meredith went to this memorial or not and it's obviously stupid like argument yes. that Meredith had something to do with Jen Shah's arrest and I'm just like I'm sick of it and Whitney keeps pushing it and I'm really glad that like Mary called Whitney out on it too. And just like, you can't do that. You just can't say this shit. Like, you need to, like, shut the fuck up. And I'm done with Whitney. So, like, my question for you, and I, I, this week actually Meredith has proven that she was, she might not have been at this memorial on the day that they were on the bus, but she's with her family mourning the loss of her dad. Like, it has, 
you like there's no way you're going to like basically a funeral one day and then hopping on a seven hour bus with a bunch of bitches the next day like come on and the fact that they think that this is if this is what you think is good fodder to bring to the show like this is the good stuff to bring to the show to me it's reprehensible like I think that I'm I'm with you on this that like Meredith like family is off limits in this context I um as, well, I mean, the whole thing as well is that Aspen is geographically closer to Vale than Salt Lake City is as well. So it made no sense for Merida to go like past Vale on the way back to Salt Lake City just to get on a bus for another six hours to go like back the, like backtrack the way she came. But where is the fucking compassion? Uh, there's none. And there is none. We didn't see it this week, but, like, Meredith really launches into Whitney at the start of next week's episode, and I'm really glad to see it. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking about? It's really rich, all of this shit coming from Whitney. Whitney's whole storyline last season was about doing everything that she can to not lose her father. She has an opportunity. Somebody here has actually just gone through that. We also saw what losing her dad did to Jen last year. It almost destroyed her marriage. Like, the fact that, like, yeah, the more I think about it, it actually is just angering me now. Whitney's a mess, and Mary called her out on it. And, like, I think, like, Whitney needs to be stopped. But who's going to stop her? Who's going to stop her? So this is, this is the other thing about watching this show as well. I don't know about you, but I think we've spoken about this a little bit. Now that we know that Jenny's gone as well, and we know also, like, kind of what a reprehensible woman Jenny is and how disgusting she is how do you feel now watching like her interactions with mary and then the way that they all jump in for jenny it's yeah it's it there's underlying issues there for sure and it's it's a weird one because i will say jen while jen shah doesn't like jump in for mary she chooses not to jump in for jenny which i think is important and she she does sort of say mary is the only one speaking the truth (laughs) like she's just like i think jen understands where mary's coming from and she like gets it it's she's like i i don't think that mary's out of line referring to you know whitney and lisa and jenny as chihuahuas just putting it out there Well, Moshi, I think, like, it would be remiss of us not to discuss, like, the huge moment of this episode was that, like, Lisa Barlow, obviously, she's done. She storms off. and She loses her mind. Over Meredith. And we have the hot mic moment to end it all. It's, okay, so it's not a hot mic moment because she knows she's mic'd. Correct. So are we, 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 I just want to make sure that we are not referring to it as the hot mic moment. Because hot mic is the guy in the, in the, the, the guy in the reflection. <laughs> Have you seen this thing? You can no. see a producer in the stills. In that, there's a, there's a oh. mirror behind Lisa and you can see one of the producer's reflections and somebody with, everybody's always like, who's the guy in the, in the window? And Heather said, that's hot mic. <laughs> oh my god, I did not see that. I, I saw him, but I thought he was actually in the room. <laughs> no. no. Oh. 
Oh, well, she's definitely talking to somebody in there. If there was nobody in there, then it's not hot mic. Like, she knows because she throws her mic off at the end of it. Like, she knows they've caught it. But I do think she lost her mind. This is foul at this point. But do you think that Meredith did fuck up in New York and her family opposes and that Seth can't hold a job for longer than five minutes? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, yes. But do I also think that Lisa Barlow is a poser and is full of shit? Yes. What do you think that means, that her family opposes? Well, I think, like, it's the the whole thing is that, well, I mean, they're literal posers because they are beautiful, so we do see them pose a lot. But she's just saying that they're fake, they're phony, like, every, like, you know, just the stuff, like, they don't live in Salt Lake City they profess to perhaps, I think, have more money as well than they actually do have. I think they have some money. Like, I think they're they're not, I think they're affluent. Um, but, you know, it's all about the looks and about, like, there's not a lot of substance. Like, they don't really give us anything. I know, I know like, like, I guess she, Meredith gave us a lot last season. But for me, <sighs> It's 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 all one tone. I don't. I'm not getting. I'm not. I'm not getting much depth from her. Um, I know Mary Cosby did say that because Lisa Barlow eats so much junk food that she has no depth. <laughs> and I was like, some of Mary's reads, they are good. <laughs> They're so good. Your family needs nutrients. I mean. I'm Literally sorry, though. But it's like so true. It's what we're all thinking. I mean, don't come talking to me about my diet. I like, you know, we get it, Lisa Vala. You can do fine dining and you can do Taco Bell. But let's be honest, your family needs nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> the reads were good. They were. They were but really Lisa's good. reads of. Meredith were also very good in the, in quotations, hot mic. It was inspiring. It was a monologue. It was inspiring. It's it's in the canon now. Oh, 100%. It's in the Housewives canon. I don't know. I, the thing that I've seen, though, that I don't think is true is that people are like, this makes her a top-tier housewife. And what I will say is that I think Lisa Barlow you know, she watched last season. She came. She finally came out at the reunion and gave us personality. And then I think she realized that she had to bring it this season because she did not bring jack shit in the first season. Um, and I think like she's done a good job. But is she top tier? None of these women, I'm afraid, on this show, a top tier. Well. Washi, I think on that note, let's take a break and we will talk about some top tier houses. Correct. The next half will be all top tier. And we're back, Washi. Hello. And we are talking about, here we go, the real housewives of Miami. (laughs) Yes, everyone, I think I can do this for the whole season. Well, we're lucky. Um, <laughs> the this season is for the episode is eight. Um, Moshi, I think you just want to talk about the kiki of it all. 
I just want to say, like, I guess I have some follow-ups from last week. Last week, I was saying that Kiki was a mystery. Like, I couldn't, I didn't know exactly where she was from. She could have been from so many different places. But this week, I feel like we learned a little bit more about Kiki. She's like the onion. Each week, we're getting another layer. We found out that she's Haitian. You know, she came in with her, what I'm calling her Kiki-isms. You know, we're talking about things that are warm in the morning, her and Nicole. And Nicole has been pretty wholesome. And Kiki's just like, you know what else is warm in the morning? Sex can be good in the morning. It's like, for me, it's not just what she says, it's the brashness. Like, it's always completely out of context. She just goes from one extreme to another. Once again, she had drank the coffee, but she's the kaka is still not working for her. Uh, she still hadn't taken a shit and was like getting frustrated and I was like that's probably like the most relatable thing that we've ever gotten on Housewives but to me it also made me laugh because I'm like it's the complete opposite of when the women went to Mexico or anytime like the women of New York go on a holiday like Kiki can't shit those women can't stop shitting like different spectrum and then, you know, what was, I mean, I feel like Kiki would do really well on Patrizio after dark. She was like, would you like me to teach you some Haitian? And the thing that she just taught everybody was how to say, like, the slang for penis, which is zozo. And I think we all now know it. So Kiki is a teacher. She is educational. She is real. I just think she is good value. And I think her not being at the reunion sucks because even if she had just done like a um a scala moment where she was there for like two seconds just so we can cover the kikiisms of it all um i would have really loved that and i think the other mystery for me that was kind of solved i think i said last week and you told me a little bit more about julia about what you knew about her is that i felt like we weren't getting any depth like we weren't we weren't seeing what is a bit like what goes beyond the surface. And I think this week we just saw Julia just get like so drunk and teach everybody how to do vodka shots, Russian style, um, which was like hilarious. Um, We saw her bring out her eggs and she brought a lot of eggs with her and they looked good. Like when they were cooked up, I was like, okay, those are some like really good eggs. Um, And then I think for me, just I think her really kind of explaining her relationship with Adriana and just how how much she respects her um, and them having their their friend engagement. It was kind of cute. And um, I guess like what I learned is that Julia probably wouldn't be on the show without Adriana. I feel like Adriana is still very much her like security blanket, but I feel like we're going to, she's slowly, slowly, even though it's slow, she's going to give us more of who she is. And I think that she is, she's great. What I'm getting from her and what I'm seeing is great. But um, she was wrong. I think about taking a shot of olive oil stops you from getting drunk. I think that is not true. So those are just like my follow-ups from last week. A couple of mysteries have been solved for me. I feel, I mean, once again, Miami coming through with the goods, like. Sorry, have you ever taken olive oil before drinking? No. 
Well, that it's I, bullshit. Well, no, I feel like you can't kick it. I feel like it would create like a layer in your like. She just got wasted. It did nothing for her. But maybe it stopped her from getting to that point of being drunk where you're like vomiting. Well, I almost think like it would make you vomit more because if you're saying like it creates a layer, then things are building up. So they're actually getting higher rather than passing through, which is what they're supposed to do. So I would I would also feel like any sort of oil actually, maybe, I mean, Kiki should try the olive oil. I think, you know, lots of oils really help to flush the system. Um, I do remember that Julia was discussing, and I think it might have been on Watch What Happens Live, the fact that... Um, Adriana was the one that approached Julia to get her on the show. Mm. Um, that Julia was familiar, obviously, um, but Martina wasn't. And that they watched um, episodes of, I think, the original three seasons of Real Housewives of Miami together. And Martina was like, because Martina didn't know like what the housewives were. <laughs> I love Martina never had a lover. Like, she doesn't need to know. And she, like, was, like, to Julia, okay, cool. Like, if this is what you want to do, like, let's do it. Like, she was in on supporting Julia on the, her housewife's journey. So, um, yeah, I think you're definitely right that Julia and Adriana have this sort of, like, bond and that they're, like, you know, walking through this Miami housewife's journey together. Yeah. Um, but the friend engagement, it was just yeah, but I but that's what I think we needed because I think we hadn't gotten anything from her so far. And I think there was a lot of confusion amongst women. Like, is this like some sort of kinky thing? And I think, you know, for Julia, it's not. I so my perception of Julia is that she is quite a reserved and quiet person. And I think it was kind of her way of saying, you know, thank you to Adriana for giving me this new avenue like like Martina might have said yes let's do the show but I really don't think Julia would have had the guts to do it without having somebody step her through it and like let's be do you know what a lot more people could benefit from having a housewives coach like do you know what I mean if you're going to have one Adriana is one of the best to have as long as the coach though doesn't like I mean complaint recently doesn't give you the whole like blueprint to housewife life but I don't think she has because I think if she had we would see more like craziness I think you know if we look at Adriana the artist or the creative director I think she just knows how to facilitate and make Julia feel safe safe enough so that she can get away, bring her eggs, get completely drunk like she's an oddball right and Adriana is that person that's going to make her not feel like such an oddball. And that's the thing when you're in these groups is you don't want to be, it's so easy to feel left out. Like we talk about Mary Cosby feeling like left out. Like imagine if Mary had like more somebody like an Adriana who could like actually bring her out of her shell, somebody from her community who knows her. It changes things a little bit. Well, so Adriana and Marisol are really like running the show. A hundred percent. As friends. hundred percent. They are like, I mean, Marisol is the unofficial narrator, I think, of this season. Also a shit starter. 
she she does not give a flying fuck. Like she's going balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just I don't. Anyway, moving on. Um, they. I mean. Adriana, my favorite moment was when she, you know, like the ladies are doing their boxing that like <laughs> Lassa has organized, but Adriana's not like satisfied at just stopping there. She's found a way to turn it into like a gambling exercise mm-hmm. and is pitting the women against each other and placing bets. Um, I mean, and this is what we want to see though. Like, I, I don't. Want like gambling and boxing. Thank you. And it's like it's her and Marisol who are not boxing, and she knows exactly what to do to get Marisol engaged as well. Because Marisol's gone from like sitting in the spa, like we'll talk about how drunk Marisol was, I'm sure, at some point. But Marisol just like just drinks for the whole day, and Marisol suddenly out of the pool once she sees that there's a fight going on and is screaming out punch her in the titty like Marisol screaming out punch her in the titty was actual art it was magic I also enjoyed watching Adriana flirt with a boxing instructor and then when she realized like he speaks Portuguese and then they were just like going at it but then what I loved is like the instructor was, like, flirting back with her. He was like, yeah, let's do this. And he was like, yeah, make bets. Like, he was like, yeah, we can have a competition. Like, that guy knew how to play housewives. You can tell, like, he's done a lot of Hamptons women's events. Like, he knows what to do. It's just there's something extremely sexy about watching Adriana flirt. Look, you're the only one who finds it sexy. I, I mean, I find it very cringe, but really? I also find it entertaining. I don't find it sexy. <gasps> I just think that I mean, look, I am just hypnotized by her breasts. Do you know what it is? I'm gonna just say this. I think that like you kind of want to be Adriana. I, I've said it now. I've said it. I've been thinking it for a while. <laughs> Is there any truth to that? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like subconsciously. I I feel like you would love, I feel like you wish you were doing this podcast with Adrienne. Like she was like your other, I feel like you want to be besties with her. Like you just want to be in her world. I mean, look, this is about to get a little after dark because I was like, (laughs) there would be a dress code for doing the podcast. (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, you'd be like topless only. <laughs> Nudist household. <laughs> and it's weird because it's nobody sees you guys. So it's just you because, well, this is just audio. We're not doing the video thing. My new podcast, The Naked Truth with Adriana. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think somebody else already has that name, but I love that. Okay, well, we're going to workshop it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, Adriana was, uh, sorry, no, Marisol. Marisol was wasted. Um, but I think all these women were, even Larsa was like, I gotta like go to bed because like you girls are like shit face right They're now. shit face. But yeah, I think just Marisol, every scene that she's in, it's funny. Like 
her choosing not to box that was funny her basically you know what was really interesting like when Lassa like came up to her and said you know I had a chat with Nicole this morning and I said to her there's one thing you can say about Marisol and that's that she's not a liar and then suddenly Marisol remembers all the other things that Nicole has said about her but the thing is Nicole hasn't said any of these things and I think what we find out is that like her husband has maybe said some of these things but Marisol hooker is a word that is definitely in Marisol's vocabulary because we hear her say it a few times um I, I think Marisol has put a few words in Nicole's mouth. I, but I thought the insinuation is that Nicole has said these things to her husband and her husband is going around town spreading it. Maybe. That could potentially be it. But I, I think that Marisol has perhaps embellished the truth. I don't know, Moshi, if there's one thing we know about Marisol. <laughs> She's she many things. The truth. Well, she's many things, but not a liar. <laughs> I want to know what the many things were. Um, I want to know, did you, for me in this episode, there was like very much the moments earlier on and just Marisol's general vibe. She was giving me like very Mama Elsa, just, I feel like the Marisol from before was just like so unhappy and she was like always like second guessing herself and really not sure and was kind of in the background. And whereas the Marisol that we're seeing now is like giving me like confidence, big character. She's like, you know, she's not scared to say what's on her mind. Like she, she'll just say whatever it is, whenever it is. And it comes across with this kind of force and presence that I felt was kind of similar to the way Mama Elsa used to present herself. And I don't know, I feel like Marisol's kind of trying to embody or is beginning to embody her mom in a good way. I think that um, Marisol will say it herself that um, she has always been this way, that like people, because people are like, Marisol is so funny this season. Like, you know, mm. and it's like, well, she's always been funny. I think the thing was that in the earlier seasons that, a lot of the the scenes that Marisol were in were with her mum. And I think her mum was, you know, a larger personality than what Marisol is. And I agree with you. I actually don't, don't only think that, you know, she reminds me of Mama Elsa in terms of personality, but also even in terms of look. Like, yeah. Um, I think, She's morphing know, a little bit. <laughs> well, Mama Elsa, unfortunately, had, you know, the her issues with the plastic surgery that she had undertaken, right? So I don't think, it, like, it's hard to sort of, like, you know, get the exact comparison, but I think Marisol is what probably Mama Elsa would have looked like had she not had the, the botched job, right? Yeah. That said, though, there was something that concerned me today, which was, like, Marisol said she would rather eat, not eat than work out. And I have had concerns for a little bit about Marisol's body and her weight. And I know, like, we don't know, nobody has ever said anything, but Marisol has a bubble head, which is like there for me anyway. No, no, no. This is like not in a joking way. I, she, presents with like signs of anorexia to me like I'm being dead serious like girls and girls I know like her there's a like if you look at a lot of pictures like from the 2000s and 90s of celebrities there's like 
And that would make sense to me because Marisol is from that kind of era, but like there is a, the proportions are not right. And um, yeah, I, I, I worry that Marisol doesn't eat and that she actually has an eating disorder. And it's, I, you know, one of the things about being a friend of is that you don't have to show every part of your life and your world. And if we're talking back to those early seasons, Marisol was deeply unhappy. She was in that horrible relationship with Philippe. She was constantly feeling like, you know, she wasn't doing the right thing by her mum. She felt a lot of pressure. She was an unhappy person. She's very happy now with Steve. She's just living her best life. But I also think a huge part of, you know, Marisol being a friend of is that she doesn't have to go too deep with us. Because I think if we went a bit deep, we'd see that there is some things there that are not happy. Well, and that's her choice. And I her think, prerogative, yeah. I think, to be honest, even in terms of how the show is going, I think it was actually a good decision. Oh, yeah, 100% because she gets to just be the clown now and she just gets to be funny and she is great in that role. But I wonder how long that will sustain her because there will be housewives who are like, I'm a main housewife, I should be getting more screen time. And they're justified. I guess we also don't know at what point these decisions on casting were made as well. I think that's another difficulty that we have. Yeah. But either way, Marisol is giving me the comedic relief. At the dinner, when she, like how drunk she was, that she was sucking a toothpaste, not toothpaste, a toothpick, and thought it was a straw. We've all been there. Not knowing where her husband is from, some place in Australia that starts with R. I mean, he's only half Australian. Yeah, but that was the bit where he's like, you know, he's from Switzerland. And then the other bit is, you know, it starts with an R. I was thinking maybe Rockhampton. I I mean, I don't even think it starts with the letter R to be I don't think it's, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's probably like just from Sydney. <laughs> Um, I just want to say that, um, you know, you talked about the dinner where Marisol is drinking out of a toothpick. Um, it's great to see Gertie back. Not... <laughs> wow, I was not expecting that. It's great to see Gertie. So you're not happy Gertie's back? I don't, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid for her that she might be a one-hit wonder. Well, I don't think she's had an opportunity to give us enough hits because if this is going to be like a short season, oh, you know what? We still have to have her charity event. So maybe when we get those episodes, it'll be better. And Nicole and her can cry together about their fathers. Yeah, 100%. I see where this is going. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a question for you as well. So you know how I really don't like Lassa? she is just she's just got there's no personality there whatsoever this week though she brought us quite a few analogies for how she described Nicole so first she referred to her as a dolphin because she just flip flops (laughs) what's your thoughts on that analogy because she flips it wasn't she flip flops she like flips things 
Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, because a dolphin has a flipper. So, like, yeah, I get it. Flipper. But I'm sorry, people that have to rely on analogies, like, to explain every single thing, no personality. And if you're one of those people, I'm talking about you. Okay, Moshi, what, what other analogies did you find offensive? I don't, I don't find the analogies offensive. I'm just like... You sound last use, behavior. I'm just like, use your vocabulary. Like, use more adjectives and verbs. Don't just rely on... Like, it's it, to me, it's the, the thing is that she thinks... I can tell that she thinks these analogies are witty, and they're not. Um, the next one was... I'm sounding like a snob right now, but I feel entitled to. Um, the other one was that she said... It's not, she's giving it, she's giving Halloween. She's always wearing different masks and like to imply that she's like two-faced. And I'm just like, <sighs> really, Larsa? Like, just be like, I don't like the bitch. It is what it is. Like the best moment that we got from Larsa was when Larsa said, I'm going to be really honest. I said, I don't really give a shit that you had a kid out of wedlock, but I said that shit to hurt you. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, be that girl because that's who you really are. I, I, I think Lassa, I don't know. She's, she gave a bit more. Like, seeing this whole divorce and the jewelry. And, what, what do you think? Because we always talk about how these women have three reasons why they come on the show. It's like, um, like renew their career, it's to get out of a marriage, or it's um, what was what's the other reason? Just to like hawk your goods. Um, There's a whole. Do you, I don't think the same thing. <laughs> why do you think? Why do you think Larsa was her being on the show? Though? I I said it last week or like the week before. I said that literally, I think that she's only going to do one season. It's to cast the shadow like she's been trying to she's been on so many reality shows since she was first on Real Housewives of Miami she's been trying to break free of the Kardashians trying to build her own brand like but um and I think like her ideal thing would be like to do the show for one season come out on top because she thinks that she is better than these women she thinks that she's in a different league than them because she doesn't live in Miami she lives in LA like she's not from their world. So, okay, maybe I asked the wrong question then. Maybe I'll ask the question that that's, I want the answer to. So do oh. you think that she <laughs> is using the show to help move her divorce along with Scotty Pippen? No. I don't think she gives a shit about the divorce that much. Interesting. I just say that because of this whole, like, the divorce call on this episode. and I was kind It's of a like, storyline. And it's not actually, do you want to know something? The thing with Scotty isn't a storyline. It is actually something real that's happening in her life. And it would have been one of the compelling factors for why they would have wanted her back on the show. Um, Like it would have been like, what, you know, what is it that you're going to, when they ask you what are the things that you're going to bring, she's like, well, I actually need to like shed my Miami life. I need to divorce Scotty. I haven't done any of those things, right? Um, So I think perhaps the show is helping to move things along because it's a bit more public now um, because they did get their, their divorce has been finalized now. Like it's been done in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And they've sold the house as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I, I, I think I honestly think like, yeah, maybe it was to, to speed things along, but 
I think she's on the show to build brand Larsa up. Like, and, and that's exactly what she should be doing. Like, that's su- such a smart move. All right. Well, Moshi, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of Miami, which means we can finally talk about what <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about. Episode one of season 12 of Real Housewives of New Jersey. The ladies are back. Have you missed Teresa and her Jersey accent? Daughters. Daughters. I can't. Somebody posted on uh, Twitter that hearing the way Teresa pronounces daughters is like therapy. And I just was like, nature is healing. And honestly, New Jersey is healing. It's healing in the way that New York and Atlanta used to be healing. Jersey is still healing for me. I um, I, I think like the thing that's like not messed me up a bit, but like um, we had Teresa and Melissa on Ultimate Girls Trip. Girls Trip, yeah. It's fucked like, with the timeline. It has, and it's kind of like I, I've had a recent enough taste that I'm kind of like you know, sort of like I feel like they haven't been gone for that long. But um, I just actually want to point out that because I actually had a lot of trouble trying to figure out the timeline as well. Like I think they had done, they had filmed Girls Trip for this season I think um of New Jersey because I was trying to work out like because at the end of Ultimate Girls Trip I feel like Teresa and Melissa are in a better place than they had been for a while Mm. um and I was trying to work out like at what point is this season filmed because like obviously you know Teresa and Melissa are back to being not in a great place, I feel. I feel like if you try to understand the timeline, you'll get stuck in it. It's like the Matrix. Like, you'll get pulled in, Patrizio, and you'll be stuck there in the metaverse. Like, don't go too deep. Thanks. Just don't go with with Teresa. Don't go too deep. (laughs) I'm offended by that. Okay, (laughs) Teresa is a lot deeper than I think we all give her credit for. I mean, she's Um, deep, but I don't think you should go to her depth, okay? Okay. (laughs) Um, I think uh, what I really would love to talk about is just, like, let's just, like, do a bit of, like, the, like, executive summary on, like, where these women are. Um, They've had, you know, a couple of months off shooting, like, where where they've been, what they've been up to, and, like, what's coming, right? Um, And, I mean, of course, the episode starts with... The Queen of New Jersey herself, herself. Teresa Judice. And the princesses of New Jersey, her, all of the daughters. It's beautiful. I think, like, overall, like, throughout this whole episode, just, like, seeing all the women again and seeing how, like, much older their kids are, it's scary. Why is it scary? Because, like, those, like, they were literally, like, what, what's um, the youngest daughter's name? Adriana. She was literally like popped out on the shark. I know. And now I, she is like. That's the same as Joey. When we saw Joey Gorga and I was like, he, my image is of him sitting on uh, Nono's lap. Like I'm blown that's away. What, but that's what, it's scary to see them all grown up. Like 
I feel like such an ethnic old lady to be like grown up so much, but like. So you feel like an auntie <laughs> is the ethnic old lady. We refer to ourselves as aunties. No, I love it though. I love the conversations. Um, but I think it's like kind of interesting. Like Teresa, you know, went through all that stuff, but the pandemic is the reason why the girls are all home, right? Like Gia didn't end up going to college for that whole year. She was doing everything virtually. Everyone's at home. And I thought it was nice to just see them eating their sandwiches by the pool, even though it's raining. Why are we going outside? Because it's nice out. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. It's so beautiful. It is healing. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I've never done a Teresa... Judy Che impersonation before, but that was my first one and I loved it. It was actually kind of good. Um, <laughs> oh my god, thank you. I'm shocked. I didn't want to give that compliment, <laughs> oh but I had like anyway. I'm gonna die happy now. <laughs> I've seen a lot of like um sort of negative um reaction to this whole storyline that's sort of brewing about um, it's Teresa's daughters versus their uncle Joe, because um, um, Joe Gorga, uh, uh, no Joe Gorga, yeah, yeah Joe Gorga. This is the way that they just all have the same name is very confusing. <laughs> um, Joe Gorga was like, I mean, obviously talking shit about Joe Judice, and you know that's their dad, and like you don't talk about the dad and all the rest of it. So. I've seen that the people are cringing because they're like, Gia is trying too hard now to be a housewife, right? That's not at all what it is. Well, I'm like, I agree because I'm like, these are the issues that exist in the in Italian re- families, right? I'm, I'm just going to be really honest. Like, it's I don't even think it's Italian families. I think as the, I mean, you might actually understand this just being the eldest child. Um I think of when you're like, I'm the eldest as well. You're the eldest. And I think you are raised to be like protective. And Gia has gone through a traumatic event that forced her to grow up. Well, several traumatic events, I suspect, that have forced her to grow up faster than any other kid. Like she has not had an average life. We also celebrate a song that she created that was, you know, waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. I just wish that things would get better. It's a song about the relationship that she has with her uncle. Like, this is literally just a continuation of that. This is not Gia doing the most, doing anything extra. She's just bringing it to the screen because she's been on television since day dot but I also think as the eldest child she is protective she was forced to grow up a lot faster so I think she does have very adult conversations that people are not prepared to have coming from like a young person yes but I also think that like I mean there's a lot going on here I think there's also like the loss of like the grandparents as well like you kind of lose blue that was holding everyone together and perhaps people acting in a different way that they might not have had those people still being around um but I don't know I'm I'm okay with it I just want to make 
my feelings on this knowing because I just feel like there's been a bit of pushback online about Gia and her role in this season. Yeah, well, I mean, she's been in only one episode and I think I, but I think that it's, it is important to get this through line because you can't have had a series that has come off the back of like Joe and, and Gia in particular because he's her godfather. They're so close, right? That's what we've always been told, always been told, always been told. And I think it, it's pretty natural that there would be a riff now. Like, I think we are all in agreement that Joe Judice was not like the best person, but I think we're also in agreement that like him and Teresa have separated they're moving on with their lives and like we don't need to keep dredging him up and I think I kind of like I'm obviously not part of their family dynamic as much as I think I am but I think it's like Joe Gorga also needs to like move on and stop talking about Joe Judice like just get over it but this is sorry this is what I want to say is that Yet again, like what's Melissa's storyline this season? And the way that is <laughs> wait, the way that Melissa's storyline is just piggybacking off whatever drama is going on in Joe Gorga's life at the moment. Or going on with Teresa, like any sort of feud is her thing. And it's just sort of like, wow, like the way that like you somehow get asked back every season is wild to me. <sighs> Once again, we are asking. Where is Melissa's storyline? <laughs> you know where it is? It's with her unborn sister. It's with, like, it's with the preg- at the unborn child. See, I was going to say, are you about to say the unborn child? Because if you are, don't say it. <laughs> I mean, she was so ready to have that child. Anyway, moving on. But uh, the other, obviously, the big one that's going to be clearly a storyline for the season for Teresa is... The man, the husband, the king of her domain, Louis, 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 Louis. Louis. <laughs> the video. <laughs> God, that whole like introduction into Louis was like wild. Her husband, her king of her domain, and then like to not get his name right. That was amazing. <laughs> I don't know about you. Do you remember when? I remember when like talk of this video and a small clip of it came up on social media and for me at the time I guess I didn't realize that it was so huge for them is it huge for them well it it seems to be they seem to be making everybody wants to be talking about but it didn't have as big as impact like I think we we just for a lot of us I guess like we don't trust any man that tries to be with Teresa but I didn't realize that like like we all were like it's a little bit psychotic, but I didn't I didn't full understand the full extent of the video, I don't think, until I saw it in this episode. You know what it is though? It was probably because, you know, that video came out and the next day, like Tom's car rolled over <laughs> five times. And, like, you know what I mean? It yeah. Always... Then our news cycle was focused on something else. Meanwhile, we forget these women just live in Patterson, New Jersey, and it, nothing happens around them. Like COVID didn't even happen for them. So I think, though, like, the the thing with this video and why it's important to them is that, like, I think that there were rumblings of that Louis is not a good person and then this video comes out and it's weird, right? Yeah. And it's it's sort of like this is just further evidence uh, that this guy is, there's something going on. There's something about Louis that we don't know. 
I also want to say that I think there's a bit of underlying racism here as well. I think it's because Louis is also not Italian. Just putting it out there. I, I don't know if that's true. But I think like, I think, well, that's why I think it's like weird to them. Like he does things that are not part of their like intrinsic Jersey culture. And I think that they can't handle it. I'm not in agreement with the type of event that Louis went to. Like that stuff is like, you know, I don't think you need the concept of that man club that he went to is not right but I think for them he's also like not part of their clique like he's so different that I think that takes a bit of getting used to because that's always the thing about New Jersey right is like you have to be one of them you have to be Italian well I mean look at all the people who've like like that's Jackie's whole thing you know that they've put against her is that she's not Italian she's not like these people why do you even mention her? Like we could have done. I'm gonna, tough... I'm gonna mention her in a little bit. We we could have done a whole season without talking about her, but you just ruined it for everyone. Moshi. Well, I think that's what we need to discuss. Okay, well, let's talk about it then. What no, no, not not right now. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But I think, like, at some point, I was just going to say, seeing as we're doing this like executive summary of all the ladies, I think I mentioned it last season that if she's not fighting with Teresa, she doesn't have a storyline. And I think once again, this season, there is no need for Jackie to be on the show. Perfect. I mean, that's why she's not even in my notes. Like... I know. But I want to speak about her in context with another person on this show and we'll do it at the end. Okay, sure. Um, we've got Dolores. <sighs> That booty. <laughs> you know, weirdly enough, I don't know. I don't find Dolores to be as sexually attractive as some it's not, of the other women. I'm, I'm not sexually attracted to her. When she, I was like, she was wearing her active wear and I was just like, she looks like, she looks like a fucking fitness model. Like her body, what, this is probably some of the best surgery like on a like full body surgery I've done that is really really good I'm just impressed I think Dolores is looking fabulous like she's she never looked better she's never looked better uh, subjectively according to common beauty standards I think even just for her (laughs) no I just think she likes people get plastic surgery and it's not always that great and I just think Dolores, she she got what needed to be, like, she didn't need to be done, but it was, it's a great job. Like, she is a poster child for good plastic surgery. Yeah, we, we need to know who her doctor is. A hundred percent. You know, I think, look, the sad thing is that we find out that she's still with David. Um, but the good news is that even though her house is being renovated, she's chosen not to move in with him and is renting out this townhouse instead. So do we actually get confirmation that her and David are still together? Because, I mean, once again, this is one of those things where we know offline that they're not together now at this point in the future. But she says, the way she says David offered for me to stay with him. It was. It felt very much to me like when you break up with someone and you still have to find a place and they're like, just stay here until you find a place. 
And then I know they cut to that clip of her saying, like, I'm not staying there without a commitment. But I think at this point her and David have actually split up and they just don't want to in the first episode and they're going to tell her to, like, build up to it. Because she needs to have that storyline. I don't necessarily agree only Good. because with this with the timeline that we know, <laughs> her new boyfriend was only on the scene after filming had wrapped. Hang so on, she I has a new like... boyfriend? I don't even know about the new boyfriend. I just know that her and David have split up. Yeah, she again. I think you just like have forgotten this because the news cycle. But like, I she... love it. Can I just say the way we call this the news cycle and it's housewives? <laughs> I mean, look, Russia is going to invade Ukraine. But like... Can we talk about the yeah. video with Louis? <laughs> that is the news cycle. <laughs> um. Yeah, she got. She was posting those photos with that hot Guido on the beach. Oh, I haven't seen them. Maybe I have just like blocked that out of my mind. But for me, the vibe that I'm getting is that she's done with David. She's been done with David for a long time. No, but she was. She was letting him stay around. Like I, in this, I feel that she is like done, done with him. Okay, well, I think the other interesting thing is that we also find out that Frank is dating some hot young chick. From Texas. (laughs) That's very, like, yeah, we had some issues from Texas. I need, like, I, she is from Texas, yes. And all the kids are back home. Well, and that's why she's building the house because she's she's offered to have the kids at home. The house was meant to be finished and Frank Catania is not fixing the house. She's too busy swinging the dick in Texas. <laughs> I love that they FaceTime him and they're like, you're neglecting us. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm fucking not. Like, but, you are independent people. No, but this is the thing. This is like, and this is what I love about their relationship. It's like, you know, like, he is helping to build Dolores' house. But, like, she hasn't offended him. Like, he hasn't offended her. He's offended the fact that, like, the children are meant to live in this house. And so they have let down the children. Yeah. Which in part is also letting down. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. So do you know what I'm kind of interested in? Because her daughter has now graduated, the doctor, she's the vet, where she's going to be home now. So it's like, I'm always interested to learn like other aspects of people. Because I think we've seen so much of little Frankie throughout this season and we only get tidbits of her daughter and her daughter as well seems to me just to be like a little bit different like she's not full jersey um we're going I'm just curious that we're going to get to learn a little bit more about her daughter and all those dogs which is going to be fun but then the other thing is like little Frankie is working for Louis (laughs) yeah because little Frankie what did he, he like, didn't, he got a job, but he didn't like it and then has ended up in like real estate. He always ended up in real estate in, in America. That's just like the go-to job, get a real estate license. Well, I think because it, it, it's lucrative as well. And I, I think the system is also different, right? Because everyone has to have a real estate agent. Like, yeah, you have to have a broker and you have to have an agent and then there's the buying agent and there's a the selling. Like, it's a whole thing. I've looked into it. Um, uh, so yeah. you were just going to say you've watched the shows that, like, have released. No, I, so aside from, like, Selling Sunset, I'm really not into any of the Bravo reality shows, but I have actually done a bit of a deep dive into how, like, selling and buying properties works in 
America. It's interesting. I found it fascinating. Um, but I, I think for me, though, it's just like it's another layer because I know we're going to talk about clicks later, but, you know, Dolores and um, Teresa are thick as thieves. And I think that, like, and obviously, like, there's this whole PR thing right now that, like, Louis is not a good guy. But if Dolores, like, Dolores is kind of always the barometer for where people go to get a sense on things. Like everybody kind of comes to Dolores to get a sense of things. So I think like Dolores having her son work for Louis is like very good PR for Louis. True. Um, okay. And then like the final woman, oh no, there's two more. So Marge. <laughs> Look, Marge. Messy Marge. The way that it was messy within the first 10 seconds of her being on the screen, she is she has chosen chaos, chaos. and evil and she just oh. does not care. Like she is coming for the people she thinks has wronged her. See, I don't see it that way at all. You just think she's a mess. I don't think she's a mess at all. I think I've told you like season after season I have been a huge Margaret fan because I think the show was, has always been so skewed to Teresa and, you know, Melissa and all of that shenanigans so much so that like Teresa, like couldn't leave New Jersey, even if she wanted to, because there really has never been like somebody else who could carry the show and make it fascinating. And I've always just thought that the moment Margaret came in, she just added a different sensibility. She was like a different kind of Italian woman we hadn't seen before. She's not Italian. She is. She's half Italian. Or maybe she is. I think she's Hungarian. Hungarian? I thought maybe the father was Italian. No, I think who is. No, I think just just her husband Joe is Italian. I think okay. that's the only Italian connection. She's I thought got. that she she had some like she was like half Italian as well. But I think she brings well maybe that's it. Like she can play with those women, but she brings a different attitude. She just does things her own way, and she's a boss bitch. And I just thought I just think she brings a nice dynamic. She also suffers no. In my opinion, you think she's messy. I think she suffers no fools. No, and this I, is where things are going to get interesting because I think you and I are going to have different perspectives on the mess. The fact is that at the end of the last reunion, Teresa called her husband just a plumber and that she wouldn't be proud to say that her partner was a plumber. And Jennifer Aiden, what, Jennifer Aiden wants Margaret dead. And now and Margaret... she has, she's wanted Margaret dead for a bunch of seasons. Jennifer Aiden has been coming for Margaret since last season. She said a whole lot of things. She slut shamed her. She did all sorts of things to Jennifer Aiden. And I mean, Jennifer Aiden of... did it to Margaret. And Margaret is going to get her revenge. This is the season of revenge. See, I don't see it as revenge. I just see it as, well, let's talk about it. Talk to me about, <laughs> about why you think it's revenge. Because she, like, within this one episode, she manages to bring up all of the mess that's happening in these people's lives. Yeah, but but I, yeah, I guess that is, like, it's coming from a place of revenge. But I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Because we're also, I think in this episode, we're also seeing, like, with 
the thing about Jennifer Aiden is like she is funny and she dishes everything in that funny way. But I have said this from her very first season, what she's what, three seasons in now, four seasons in now. She is not a nice person either. She is a mean person. And I think that, I know you're going to talk about it, but Jennifer Aiden is a little bit broken. And I think she recognises that she doesn't have enough artillery to go up against Margaret because I think that, like, nothing shocks Jennifer Aiden. You know what I mean? I think, like, she's always ready to fight. She's, she can go toe-to-toe with Margaret any, any old day. But I think that she is, she's over it. I think that she's, she doesn't want to be mean anymore. She'd like to be friends with everyone because, as she says, she feels, you know, a little bit ganged up on. She feels out of the clique for the first time ever. She feels like a bit on an island on her own. And I think, like, that's the thing about Jennifer because normally she, could, she can go toe for toe. Even the accusations that um, Margaret brings up, the mess that Margaret brings up, Jennifer doesn't give a fuck about the mess. She doesn't care about the mess. She'll, she'll laugh the mess off. Her issue is that she's exhausted. She cannot go up against Margaret by herself. And she has nobody on her side backing her up. And, um, yeah, I want to hear your opinions on this because this is where I think that we have a slight difference of opinion. Okay, so I think Jennifer is, like, finally in, like, a good space. Like, she's been to Turkey. She's, like, reconciled with her mum. She's got her brand new nose and her chin and everything else that she wanted. And, like, things are looking good. And I agree with you. I guess, like, now it's sort of like she has already been not invited to the first event of the season, um, which was the Pride Party. But, like, at the same time, it's like I thought it was interesting that the Pride Party but also the comedy show both didn't make, like, the main cut right yeah um so you know margaret tried to get rid of jennifer but it didn't even work because that wasn't even used footage you know what i mean correct um but i agree with you i think you know she does need to sort of repair relationships and you know make sure she doesn't kicked off the show but and she's like feeling good about her relationship with jackie that they kind of like squashed her they agreed to move on but then this and the start of the summer party at Teresa's house comes along, right? And Jackie is ignoring her again. And she's like, the fuck? And what I thought was interesting was that obviously, like, you know, Jackie's just, like, going to go with, like, whichever way the wind is blowing, which is at the moment with Margaret and with... Melissa. Melissa. But the what Jennifer says to Jackie is that, like... Oh, no, she says in a confessional, sorry, that she doesn't feel that Teresa and Dolores back her as much as Melissa and Margaret will back Jackie. That there's almost like this sense of like there's not as much loyalty there, right? Um, Which I feel that. I get it. Like, I don't think, I agree. Like, I don't think Teresa, like, cares that much about Jennifer. So you and I were texting about this earlier on today because... Do you want to share with everybody how you described Jennifer Aiden? How do you describe her? I have to pull up the receipts. 
Oh, I put God. Did I say God tier? Yeah, you referred to Jennifer Aiden as a God tier housewife. Well, and you know why? Because when Messi Margaret reveals the big cheating scandal that Mr. Aiden uh, cheated on Jennifer with the office manager, and she said, "Well, it wasn't the office manager. It was a pharmaceutical rep. Get it right. Yeah, get it right. I'm sorry, but like." I love that she's just willing to go there. And I agree with you. I think that Jennifer Aiden has everything it takes to lead a franchise, like to be a housewife. But I don't like Jennifer Aiden. That doesn't mean I don't think she's not good for the show. And I have never liked Jennifer Aiden. We can go back through the tapes. You will always see that I don't like Jennifer Aiden. And the reason I don't like Jennifer Aiden, Jennifer has finally realised this happened when her and Jackie joined. So I'm going down memory lane now. When her and Jackie joined, her and Jackie took two very distinct paths, right? Jackie, you know, had that conflict with Teresa, which no matter what you said to Teresa, she was never going to understand it, right? Like, And that's always been their thing. They always have a fight. But at that moment, in that first reunion that Jennifer Aiden was in, she made it very, very clear that she's a Teresa stan. And she has, every season, placed all of her bets on Teresa. And here's the thing about Teresa. Teresa was, like, coming, this was like, you know, she'd taken some some time off the season. Joe was moving away. She was finally starting to get her life back together. Teresa is not loyal to anybody but Teresa. And Jack, I think I think at that moment, Jenny made the wrong bet because now that Teresa has Louis, she's got no need to back you up at all. And that is the reason, like, I don't think Teresa has ever pro- professed to be loyal to Jennifer. She's helped her out in a few bits, but Teresa has, is never the one that goes into bat for anyone. She's never done it. That was Caroline's whole thing is that she never went into bat for Jacqueline. She never went into bat. That's not how Teresa operates. And from the beginning, I just think that Jennifer Aiden made the wrong choice. Instead of betting on herself and being God tier and trusting that she has what it takes to just be a killer housewife, she went way too hard into the Teresa camp and Teresa does not give a shit about her. You are absolutely right. Whereas Jackie formed the logical alliance which is she went with the people who will always make sense doesn't mean we're going to be on their sides we all like Teresa and her craziness too much but she went they those women formed a friendship that many seasons ago this isn't like some new alliance that this clique has just come out because of that post on Instagram those three have backed each other up every time when Jackie was going through it Margaret backed her up. Melissa backed her up. They continuously support each other because do you want to know something? That's what friends do. So it just goes to show that Jennifer Aiden has not actually developed or cultivated any real friendships with any women on the show. She's had four seasons to do it and she fucked up. So now she's on this redemption tour because those other bitches don't give a shit about her. They're living their best lives, doing what they're doing. Um, you know, and now she's she's got to try and 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 get some friends that are on the show. 
mushy. She should have bet on herself. Her and Jackie should have formed an alliance. Like, there's just so many. It's like Survivor. Like, you don't realize <laughs> it, but it's like Survivor. And it's like, I don't think you studied the show enough to hedge your bets, like to put all of your money on Teresa, not even put like some money over here and some money over there, like play both like Melissa does. You're an idiot. Is this the season that we have to say goodbye to Jennifer Aiden? She'll never leave. She'll never leave because she has such good potential. Like she is good for the show. Okay, but Moshi, if she's not friends with anyone, like, like how far, how many seasons can her story last? Well, this is, well, I think the thing is, like, Margaret's given her a storyline. By giving her a feud, there is going to be some, she's given her a reason to be on the show, right? Um, I think as well, it's like, you know, um, Margaret's popped the bubble for us as well that this is not a perfect marriage because I think we have watched her and Bill and been like they have this fun relationship and things like that I'm very fascinated to know about a two-year affair that Bill had I want to know how she got over that I want to know how she gets through it every day I want to know is that's what if that's what's contributed to her plastic surgery I want to know if she took a lover like I have questions and I have questions all based on what I've received from her and her personality I love that her brother had an arranged marriage with that hot woman in Turkey like that her family makes this jewelry like I love all of this stuff about Jennifer Aiden all the parts are fabulous I love her children I like Bill but Jennifer, she, this is her year to really prove herself, in my opinion. Well, I feel like just from hearing what you're saying, like it's this is the year to prove herself, or like it's end up like end up like Jackie. But I think no, I think it's to be chopped. Like, well, if you can't prove yourself this year, then what? Yeah, but I feel like if they're not chopping Melissa and they're not chopping Jackie, I think there is this combo of women. It does just work. Like, it is just. You know, it's the right mix. And I think their husbands are all, you know, fabulous for the show or whatever. But, you know, what I look, what I would like to see out of this season, and I'd love to know what you would like to see at this season. But what I would like at the end of this season is for a Margaret Jennifer Aiden alliance because those two are fucking stoppable. I think the only reason why Jackie is still on the show is because they just haven't been able to find another full-time housewife. They try and they try and they try and just every season it doesn't seem to land. I mean, this season we've got the friend of um, Tracy. Tracy Um, and Tiki. (laughs) She seems promising. I'm curious to see how that lands. but It won't last because she's too good friends with Melissa. With this, the show can't keep going on like this, though. Like, we can't just keep like these women forever. It's nice. But do you know? Do you know what will change it? Do you know what needs to change for the show to change? Teresa needs to die. Not die! Oh my god! Why are you like this? No, and she will. No, I'm knocking on so much wood. Like, not die. Just leave. A figurative death, but she won't leave. So she has to die. I think that 
I think that if there is enough scrutiny on her relationship with Louis, and I think if she becomes so happy with Louis, I think she will leave. Like, let's be honest, Teresa does not need the show. Okay, but I think she will only leave if Melissa is forced not to film. Like, she will never leave and let Melissa continue. So, 100%, I think if Teresa leaves, then Melissa will leave and Jackie will leave. And then I think, you know, even though Dolores doesn't do much, I love her. I think keep Dolores, Margaret and Jennifer and bring on some new women. Could be fascinating. Okay, well, that's your prediction, Moshi. Let's it's not, it it's not a prediction, but I just, I'm just saying, like, the only way that this show can change is for Teresa to, to be off the show. That's the only way the other pieces will be moved. Well, we're so excited to have the New Jersey women back on the show. 100%. Screen. I can't wait for the mess. <laughs> um, and on that note, we've come to the end of another show. Um, next week, we'll be talking about the final episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City before we head into our reunion episodes. Um, we're also just going to be talking about Miami and talking about New Jersey. Once again, for those of you who may not have heard it, we're not doing the OC until they, they give us something decent. Um, but until then, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. Honestly, rating, reviewing, subscribing, it's actually what helps to get the podcast out there. It's what helps to help other people who love the Bravo Cinematic Universe as much as we do or the Housewife Cinematic Universe as much as we do. Find the pod and listen. And as always, you can find us on the Instagrams at From the Lower Level Pod. And I'll be back here next week to talk more shit with you, Moshi. (laughs) Until then, bye.